Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. even came to this building this morning. The Lord put on my heart that we are going to be called this morning to break a spirit of pride in the house. How many of you know that we're really good at putting on a mask and being strong because that's what we've been taught to be. We're strong Christians. I'm in God's army and I'm strong and nothing can hurt me, nothing can tear me down. But how many of you know that we all come to a place in our lives to where if we don't allow the Lord to break down those walls and to remove the chains and to take the pride out of our hearts that at some point in our lives we will be brought down. And I'm telling you now, what better place and what better time than around God's people to let those walls fall and the chains to be broken where people can come up beside you and as Pastor said, be Aaron and be her and lift up those hands and those feeble knees and those tired arms before God today and say, God, I'm tired. I'm letting the walls fall. I can't do this on my own. But how many of you know if we keep that spirit of pride in our lives, that won't happen? And we'll go on hurting and we'll go on suffering and pain. For years, some of us have been in in pain and suffering for decades because we've had a spirit of pride. And I'm declaring this morning that passion people will not be a people of pride, that we will allow the Lord to break down and tear down those walls so that we can be real once again. We need to be real. This world needs people who are real, and so do we. So I encourage you this morning, let those walls fall. Father, right now we receive that word. Father, we acknowledge this fact. You cannot heal what we hide. You will not heal what we hide. And you will not cleanse what we cover. So, Father, this morning, I pray that every person in this room, for just a few more moments, would become completely transparent with themselves that we would be real with ourselves so that we can be real with you and real with those around us Father we know that none of us in this room have it all together and so that's why you've placed us here in a safe place so that we can get what we need from you I pray that that would be accomplished today I tear down I come against I take dominion over pride in the name of Jesus. The word declares that pride comes right before a fall. Father, we don't want to fall. We don't want to stumble. So we lay our pride at your feet because we know that you know who we really are when nobody else is around. So speak to us clearly today. In Jesus' name. morning I want to set the stage, the backdrop if you will, for where we're going to be over the next couple of weeks. Some of you don't know me very well, but if you knew me, you would know that I love sports. I grew up as a sports fanatic. My first love was baseball. As a little boy, I loved baseball. I mean, if you got a bat and a ball, I was ready to go. All you had to do was take me out to a field somewhere, and I would sit out there and let you hit me balls all day long, and I would try to field them, field them, field them. I never got tired of it. A little later in high school, I tried my hand at football. We've talked about that a little bit. I had this problem. I was too little, and so it didn't go so well. So I switched to cross country, which we talked about that before as well. 
So there was this other sport that I got involved in that is confusing to some of you, and so I want to try to explain it because it's going to set the background for where we're going. Uh, I wrestled in school. They're going to show some pictures. I know they're kind of funny, but uh, that's me in all my 89-pound glory. That's me kicking Mike Baker's rear. No, not really. I'm playing. We didn't know each other back then. So that was me wrestling. What I learned was some valuable lesson about life and about my spiritual journey through wrestling that I want to share with you. But what I discovered is that all the other sports that I was involved in, a lot of times taught teamwork and cooperation. Wrestling is not about that. Wrestling was about you as an individual. It came down to your stamina, your heart and determination, and just your guts. That's re- In fact, I say it like this. Wrestling practices were grueling. Some of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, my coach was nuts. We did these things called gut check days. He'd try to kill us. I'm not exaggerating. He would literally try to. Probably the best shape I've ever been in my life was because of him. He would try to kill us. Because he knew that going into the matches, wrestling, in essence, is really one-on-one, hand-to-hand combat. How many of you know there's fake wrestling and there's real wrestling, and the real stuff is no game. It is tough. And so I was involved in that. Some of you, wrestling is confusing to you. So real quickly, in a nutshell, I'm going to give you a crash course in wrestling. Here's how it works. When the match starts, you face off against your opponent. The referee uh, blows his whistle, signals to go. You're facing one another, standing up. And if you can shoot in and take your opponent off of his feet and gain control of him, that's called a takedown. And you get two points because you have a position of dominance. And then if you're really fortunate and you can turn them past 45 degrees and turn their back towards the mat, it used to be... I'm so old they've changed the rules now, but it used to be that if you held them there at different lengths of time, they would award you points. For me, it was three and five. If you held them for a couple seconds, it was three points, and if you held them a little longer, it was five points. Now I think it's two, three, and four or something like that, and it was about turning them. If you turned them all the way to their back, planted their shoulders on the mat, and held them for a two count, you scored what was called a pin, and the match was over, and you won. But that wasn't the only way to score. There was another way to score, and that was once you square off against someone and they shoot and they get dominance over you, they take you off of your feet, you could position and get away. That's called an escape. This is important. Stay with me this morning. For an escape, you got one point. But if you really worked and they took you down and you positioned yourself correctly and used your leverage and the technique and all the stamina that you worked worked on in practice and you at the prime moment you would turn and switch it on them and get position or dominance over the person that had dominance over you that was called a reverse and you got two points catch that now if you escaped you got one point if you reversed you got two points what does that have to do with anything quickly. This is what I discovered. Everybody is going to get taken down. I don't know if y'all been watching TV, but on one of the ESPN channels this week, they've been having the NCC or NCAA uh, wrestling 
national tournament. There are guys on there that haven't been beat, beaten all year long. In fact, I watched a match yesterday. The guy was 38-0. He won the national championship. He was 38-0 all year long. But guess what? In the championship match, even though he won it, he got taken down. I came to tell somebody this morning, it doesn't matter how strong you may think you are. It doesn't matter how great you have a handle on the techniques of spirituality and Christianity. Some of you know how to pray. Some of you know how to fast. Some of you know how to, 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 to hold on and hold out and let go and all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is this morning is that all of us, as strong as we may think we are, all of us are going to face things in lives, in our life that's going to take a shot at us and it's going to knock us off our feet and the room is going to begin to reel and spin on us because we're going to find ourselves completely taken down and our face is going to be against the mat. For some of you, it was the diagnosis that the doctor spoke over you that knocked you off your feet and you find yourself as strong as you thought you were. You find yourself face down on the mat for some of you. It was hearing that voice that once said, I love you, now say, I hate you. And now it's knocked you off your feet and everything is going around in a whirl and you don't understand. You've been taken down. I want you to know this morning that takedowns can be brutal. Some of you have suffered extreme takedowns. I, the hardest I was ever taken down was in a practice. A guy got behind me. He locked his arms around me. I, st I stood up to escape. He locked my arm in and he picked me up and slammed me this way and I couldn't brace myself because I had my arm locked and I hit my head against the mat. I didn't know what day it was. I didn't know what state I lived in. Knocked me out cold and about 40 seconds later I woke up. Practice was over. I walked home. Didn't know where I lived. I still don't know how I got there. I walked in the front door. My dad said, how did practice go? I didn't know what practice he was talking about. He asked me if I had any homework. I didn't even know what grade I was in. I was so loopy. He rushed me to the hospital. I had a concussion. I had amnesia. I got knocked down. Some of you are in that state right now. You don't know which way is up. You don't know if you're coming or going. And your world has been rattled came to tell you this morning that as tough as you may think you are, all of us will experience a takedown in our life. And I bring that to your attention because after a takedown, there are only three options. The first option is you can quit. I've seen it happen in wrestling matches. The fastest pin I ever scored in, in a competition was I shot in on a double leg, and the guy, when I took him down, laid there. He didn't do anything. He quit. I stuck my head in his side. I pulled his head to his knee, put him in a cradle, rolled him over, and in 34 seconds, I pinned him because he didn't do anything. And I am concerned because some of you are great quitters. You become professional at laying down and doing nothing. The devil comes alone and tries to kick you, and you're so used to it, you become such a great victim that at that moment you just lay down, give up, quit. I'm done. It's always going to be this way. I'm always going to be overcome. I'm never going to get any uh, uh, victory over this. Uh, no dominion in my life. Blessings must be for everybody else. I quit. Quit. And I just came to tell somebody, quit quitting. Would you please quit quitting? Because you can never gain any victory in your life if all you ever do is lay there and become a punching bag for the enemy of your life. There has to come this place where you quit quitting. We used to say it like this on the playground, quitters never win. Did y'all know that that is extremely biblical? Oh, let me prove it to you, Matthew. 
chapter 24, verse 13 says this, those that endure till the end are saved. Y'all didn't catch that, did you? Let me say it in the Message Bible. I love this. It says, staying with it. That's what God requires. In other words, quit quitting. I know the takedown hurts. I know it's embarrassing. I know where it's overwhelming. I recognize that the same thing you've been dealing with is painful, but I just came to tell somebody that God wants to step in, but he can't step in if you keep quitting. Get up. Because there is a second option. You don't have to quit. The other option is you can escape. One of the most powerful passages, I would read it to you, I don't have time. Uh, one of the most powerful passages of Scripture and one of the greatest promises ever given to us is this. God will always make a way of escape. At the moment that the enemy shoots in to try to knock you off your feet, you can rest assured that on the backside of that takedown, that God is positioned to provide for you a way of escape. But I came to tell you this morning that escapes are a result of hard work and escapes are a result of intentions and escape are, are the direct results of you positioning yourself to escape. You cannot lay there and escape. you got to get up and do something. I always make a scene. No, study harder. Escape. Do something different. I won't ever get a job. No, get up off your rear. Go clean up and go find another interview to go to. My relationship is falling apart. It ain't never going to work. Go to the counselor one more time. God is positioning. There's an escape for you if you would get up and at least try. He always provides a way of escape. But my concern is, is that too many of us have become escapist in our mentality. So what we've done is, since we know that God always provides a way of escape, we've become experts at running away from things. Y'all ain't going to like this, but it's the truth. We've run away from things, expecting God to allow us to escape from, escape from things, that instead what God had really uh, intentioned in our life was he wanted to give us dominion over what had had dominion over us, but we're always running away so fast that we won't stay and fight. And we just start looking for an escape. Anytime I come into trouble, I just want to get out and dodge. There are moments in your life when it's best just to escape with your life. Joseph had one of those moments. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that, right? It was best for him. He didn't need to fight. He just needed to run. There will be moments in your life where you do just need to run. But there are other moments in your life, if you would just stay in the fight long enough, God is positioning you to gain dominion because that's the third option is not just to quit, not just to escape. God wants to bring a reverse into your life where now you get to beat up what has beaten you up. That addiction that's been binding you for decades that you try to run away from, if you would just trust God a little bit longer. That relationship that you don't think there's any, if you would just stay in it just a little bit longer. If that sickness that you've been battling, if you would just believe for one more day. I came to tell somebody that God is still a God that turns things around. Y'all weren't ready for me today. I just came to tell you that God still comes along if we'll stay in the fight and we won't give up and won't try to run away every time. There are moments where God will give us the upper hand and give us dominion. He turns things around. In fact, one of the promises that I love 
is found in Isaiah chapter 54. It says 57 in your Bible or in your bulletin, but it's wrong. It's 54. Listen to what it says. If anyone attacks you, don't for a moment suppose that I sent them. And if any should attack, nothing, I like that word, nothing will come of it. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. That's a reversing word. They're going to come and they're going to attack me. But what they didn't know is while they were attacking me, God was working on the backside preparing a reverse. So they thought they had dominion and control over me. But now out of nowhere, whoom, I got you down, baby, and I ain't letting you up. That's what he's saying. He goes on and he says this. He says, I create the blacksmith who fires up his forge and makes a weapon designed to kill. I also create the, create the destroyer. But no weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. That's a powerful promise. Any accuser who takes you to court will be dismissed as a liar. That's a reverse. This is what God's servants can expect. Y'all didn't hear that. This is what God's servants can expect. You ought to live your life expecting God to switch some things, to turn some things around, to reverse the curse. In fact, I think we ought to go back to testifying. Y'all know we used to hand the microphone around in the old days. Y'all ever been in one of those? Anybody want to testify? Just come to the microphone. We can't do that anymore because there's so many crazy folks running around. You don't know what they'll say. So, so, you know, we got to be a little more careful than we used to be. But I just think that we ought to start testifying again. In fact, I, th th this is how we ought to. Look, if you're sitting here this morning and you've ever had God turn anything around in your life, if it looked like you were defeated and that you weren't going to come out on the top, but all of a sudden God reversed something, if it looked like your life was cursed and there was no way for you to be blessed, but God stepped in and reversed it, then I just want you to stand up and testify by doing this. Mm, he turned it around. Anybody in the house ever experienced a turnaround? Come on, testify to your neighbor just a moment. He just turned it around. Yeah, I, I, I just think God might have worked to reverse, man. I, my kids are acting crazy, and it doesn't look like there's any way out. I just got to testify. I, the, the lady looked at me crazy while I was preaching, but... God's going to turn it around. My bank account, oh, they say I owe so many taxes, I don't know what I'm going to do. But God said no weapon, and my children are sick, and I don't have any answer. But he turned me around. My relationship is going to hell in a handbasket, and I don't know how I'm going to make it through. He left me, and I didn't ever think he would, but I'm still alive. i got to turn around in my spirit. you got to know that God can still, always, will forever reverse some things in your life. But you can't get a reverse. Check this out now. I'm getting ready to bust. I'm getting ready to mess you up. You cannot score a reverse until you've been taken down. Woody, Woody wrestled. He came to me after first service and said, you know when the best time to score a reverse is? I was like, what? Right when you've been taken down. Some of you have been taken down and you've been laying there for eight months and the devil's been kicking the mess out of you and now you're out of energy and now I can't pray anymore and now I can't believe anymore and I'm so tired. But at the moment you hit the mat, if you would jump up and say, God said no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. It won't hurt. And I get up and I just let him reverse it all. 
I just came to tell, I've been beating on you about living a blessed life, but I'm trying to encourage somebody this morning and tell you that your reverse is coming. If you would just stay in the fight one day longer, if you won't quit and throw in the towel, if you would just believe one moment longer, if you would just hold on to the promises that said no weapon formed against me, it won't work. You're wasting your time, devil. Every time I hit the mat, I pop right back up. And sometimes I run for my life. But there's coming a day, devil, if you keep jacking with me and you keep messing with me and you keep trying to take my stuff, there is a moment, devil, that what was intended to harm me, God is going to step in and what the enemy meant for harm, God meant for good. And I'm going to switch it on you and I'm going to pulverize you. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Steve, I desperately need a reverse. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you've been battling. I don't know what you've been fighting. I don't know what you've been enduring. But if you would say, Steve, I have to have a reverse. I can't quit. An escape ain't going to work this time. I've run as far as I'm going to run. I'm in a corner. And the only option left is to kill or be killed. To win or to, 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 to just lose completely. That is what I desperately need. God to honor his word. The Bible says he is not a man that he should lie. Therefore I can take him at his word and know that he'll come through. I got to have a reverse. Then stand up right now. If you need a reverse, stand up right now. If you need a reverse, stand up right now. This is your moment. This is your time. I'm tired. I don't know if I can fight back. That's all right. We got your back. We're going to fight for you. I, I don't know. I've been battling this for so long that I've almost given up hope. I've been laying here for so long. I don't know if there's any, any hope, any glimmer of hope. Then get up and dust yourself off and recognize this is not about your strength. And this is not guaranteed by your strength or your ability or your technique. The reverse that you're about to encounter has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the Word of God, which is sure. And we can count on it. I want you to look around. Look around. You don't know why they're standing. It doesn't matter. Some of them need a reverse financially. Some of them need a reverse in their relationship. Some of them need a reverse physically. Some of them need a reverse in some area of their life that you have no comprehension about. But if you're here this morning and you have ever experienced a reverse in your life and you would testify that God turned it around, then I want you to stand and get next to these people that are standing right now and get your hands on them right now. Come on, I want you to just begin to believe. They may not have any faith left. That's all right. It's not about them. It's about you and God. We're going to believe for one another this morning. God, we need a reverse. Come on, shout that with me. We need a reverse. We need a reverse. Turn it around. Come on, begin to pray for them. Come on, let your faith arise this morning. Turn it around. Turn it around. Come on, believe this right now. This is a promise from God. No, it won't work. No weapon formed against me. We need a reverse.
Father, right now, we ask you to reverse this thing. Father, we believe you can step in at any moment and cause a reverse. That thing that has had dominion, that thing that's had power, that thing that's had authority, that thing that's had the upper hand. God, we ask you right now, give us a reverse. Give us a reverse, oh God. Change it, change it, change it in a moment. In one moment, change it. He'll do what he said he'll do. Believe him. Take him at his word. Father, I pray for every person that stood that says they need a reverse. God, I don't know what they've been through. I don't know what's beating the life out of them. But I pray that right now in the name of Jesus, that the power of, of your authority to, would walk into this situation. Father, we claim victory. Greater is he that is in us than the one we're squaring off against. Father, greater is your power in us. We have the authority and the power to be the head and not the tail. Father, we declare today that we are going to gain victory in every situation because you promised it. You said that no weapon that was formed against us would ever prosper. We take you at your word today. I take you at your word today. And so I pray for financial breakthrough for those that need a turnaround in their money. God, I pray for those that need a healing. The doctor said it's always going to be like this. I beg to differ. Mm, I need a turnaround. God, I, I got a family issue. It looks hopeless. No, 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 no. I trust you, God. If you put this family together, you can keep it together. God, I need direction. I don't know where to go. But I take it your word. Your word says that your, your word is a light, a lamp under my feet. And if I'm just going to keep following you because I know what you're leading me to is a turnaround, a reverse. God, some need direction in this house. I pray that you would turn it around. Let them know where to go and what to do. God, there are folks in this room this morning that need a turnaround at work. They need a... They need a breakthrough at work. I pray in Jesus' name that a reverse would occur. And where they've been mistreated and where they've been taken advantage of, I pray that instead you would elevate them and give them dominion in that situation. I pray you do it, Father. We trust you that you will do what you said you will do trust you for that promise today and father we expect to see a reverse soon father if there's one that's quit in this room I pray that you would strengthen them one more time and they'd get back in the match and they'd get back up off the mat and they'd fight one more day 
God, I pray right now that nobody in this room would quit. Help us to quit quitting. And I pray for those of us that have become professionals that escape and we keep running from the same thing over and over again. Father, I pray that instead we would turn the tables on that thing and gain dominion in that area of our life. And Father, we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, listen to me very carefully, very carefully, and then we're going to be done. Most of you won't know who I'm talking about. His name is Dan Gable. Dan Gable is a Hall of Fame wrestler. In his college career, he went 181 and 1. That's pretty good. He won an Olympic gold medal, and he is also a Hall of Fame coach. He said something about wrestling that has to become our spiritual mantra as well. I want you to get this into your, not your natural ears. I want this to penetrate all the way into your spiritual ears, and then I'm going to let you go. Because if we would ever get a hold of this truth, it would change how we walk out this thing called Christianity. Listen to what he said. He said, when I'm wrestling, when I shoot, I score. Makes sense. He was confident that he could be offensively minded. When I shoot, I score. But listen to what he said next. He said, when he shoots, I score. Think about that just one moment. That means I come to this place of realization that even when the devil hits me with his best shot, I understand that God is already working on the backside, getting me ready for a reverse. And so I don't have to duck my head, and I don't have to throw in the towel, and I don't have to give up. All I got to do is understand that if, if I've been shot on, then God must have a reverse worked out in my future. And even if I'm offensive, I score. But when I go to defense, I score. If we would ever get a hold of that and understand that even in our weakest moments, Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Even in our weakest moments, He is strong. I want you to stand with me this morning. I am expecting some testimonies. Back next week, I just it would do my heart good as we're walking in. If some of y'all just came to your chair and just did this, man, they're crazy. Just keep thinking so. Testify to me. Testify to your neighbor. All week, you ought to work into you ought to walk into work tomorrow when all the employees get there. Just say, hey, can I have your attention? You ought to go home to an unsaved husband while he's trying to watch basketball this afternoon. Just step right in front of the TV for just about 15 seconds and just go. You ought to walk into your rebellious teenager's room and while they're giving you lip, don't say nothing. Just walk in their room and go. Go open your checkbook this afternoon and when it says negative 962, just point at it and go. Make an appointment with your doctor. Wait the four hours in the waiting room to get in. Get him to come to see you in the room. And when he asks you what's wrong, just go. And then walk out. Say, you're nuts. Yeah, I'm nuts enough to believe that his word says that no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. Call me crazy if you want to.
but I think we can take him at his word. Hey, thanks for being here this morning. If you're here for the first time, welcome to Passion. We have a lot of fun around here. There's a little communication in your uh, communication card in your bulletin. Would you fill that out and give it to one of the usher greeters on the way out? Get the cookies that they have for you. There's a meeting getting ready to take place to deal with extravaganza or Easter outreach. If you're interested, Esther Wade. Right there, you go see Esther. Our ushers are going to be at the door. I don't want you to miss an opportunity to be blessed. Give faithfully. Even if you don't have it to give, listen, that's part of the turnaround. As you sow, I reap. Some of you ought to go to the offering bucket, drop it, look an usher in the eye and just go, don't mind me. Don't mind me. Come on. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Watch for a turnaround. Watch for a reverse. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.